Thank you so much, Richard. That last one has got to be one of the best new songs in Christianity at the moment. That is a belter. My um, job is to lift up Jesus to everyone listening and hopefully breed hope in this pretty hopeless year, which is 2020, not 21, which I spent last week saying the wrong year. It is 2020, so I've gained a year. Maybe you have too. So welcome to this part. And it's part two of me going through Colossians 4 and trying to, if you're already a church member, firing you up for church so you can be closer to Jesus and more effective than ever before. And if you're not um, in love with Jesus and you're still outside of his life, stuck in sin, turn from him now. And I want to share with you that you have a place in his kingdom on earth, in his church. And this list helps us see what could I do for Jesus in 2020, this COVID um, dark world with so much hatred and violence and confusion. So I've got some opening questions for everyone to ask themselves. Shout out at the TV if you know the answers. What do you think the Christian message is? What is it in a COVID world to spread the message of Christianity? What does it look like when it gets out that message? What will your colleagues or friends or family see if they're confronted with the Christian message in COVID, in this world we live in? If you invite your friends to become a Christian or to join the church, what do you like tell them it's going to be like? Because if we're a place of hope, we need to actually deliver an accurate and realistic picture of church and Jesus and hope. If church is going to save the world, and it does, what does that look like? These are key questions, whether you're a Christian or not. If you're going to join Jesus and church this morning, what is it that you're joining? And I'm asking that because quite a few Christians just offer fluff or like guff. And it's fluff and guff because it's just made up like uh, fortune cookie sentimentality, not based in anything robust and offers no real hope when the chips are against us or if we lose loved ones, or if we're stuck in horrid patterns of sin. Um, do we just offer positive thoughts like a Disney movie? What is it? Um, there is a special role for everyone listening in the church of Jesus and in the life of God himself this morning, but it's not going to be a life of luxury. Everyone listening needs more than just sentimental hope this morning. Because that stuff crumbles when we need it the most. And there are people in this area that really need something real this morning that this church offers. And churches close if the message is not real. And it's just positive thought nonsense, which doesn't connect with people in agony in 2020. We are messy people. 
you're not a Christian, you're messy. If you are a Christian, you're messy. We are all sinful and inconsistent. So if our message doesn't sort of involve that, what I'm offering this morning isn't going to touch the sides of any of you. People won't join church or Jesus if we're going to tell them that we're all like Mary Poppins who are just happy all the time. And that's the hope to get out there. Church is just full of Mary Poppins-like people. No, this chapter shows us that we're offering something much different from that this morning, and it's real. And what is the message of Christianity? What does it look like and sound like? Well, here we've got a list of names of people who were involved in getting that message out. This list of names shows us that Jesus uses real people like you. If you're not a Christian, turn to Jesus now and he will use you as you are. He'll make changes along the way, but he needs you now as you are. Then he's going to start doing a wondrous thing in your life. It involves real situations. Church brings life into death. Church brings hope to the suffering. Church brings forgiveness and holiness into evil and sinful and dark situations. But here's the key. Now let me just talk to Park Enders at the moment. How do we get that message out? And what does it look like? It looks like you. And it sounds out from you. And you're a real messy person like me. So in, to get the hope out, let's get this right. It's not disconnected from us and involving Mary Poppins. It involves everybody listening this morning. And that church member you've got in your head, like who you're perhaps not getting on with, or you've, you're just listing all their faults, it involves them. This is real life people offering a real living hope in the name of Jesus in 2020. These people in this list and the members of Park End in 2020 are the people that the Lord Jesus uses to save the world. And if you're not a Christian, you can join that now. Join Jesus and join church and you have a special place in the kingdom of Jesus. He uses the children listening in their playgrounds. He uses the middle-aged ones listening. He uses the teenagers and the elderly listening for the glory of the kingdom of God. So I'm just going to reel off a couple of more names. I thought I'd get through the whole list in one sermon. Looks like it's going to be a three-parter. But in verse 10, here's another name in the early church. And what you need to do as you listen is, could I do any of these jobs? Or am I like this person? Could Jesus use me to spread hope in a dying world? Verse 10, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings. Aristarchus, we'll just call him Starkey because it's easier uh, to say. You'll find him, he is a real comfort in the early church. He travels with Paul if you want homework. Read Acts chapter 19 and 20. He's joined Jesus in a hostile world. 
He's joined church in a hostile work, and he's quickly discovered this. And this is what you'll discover if you plug into Park End Church more than ever you have done before. Church is not an easy ride. Church planting, which is what they were doing, not easy. Church in a hostile world, not easy. If I could put it like this, in the name of Jesus, Aristarchus's or Starkey's life got increasingly worse in many areas. He was involved in shipwrecks, just as he was getting the message around the world, shipwrecks, he got beaten up, he got stoned, uh, he had prison sentencing, he got whipped. Children listening, like, come to Jesus, and actually you might get bullied in school for it. It happens a lot. You might get left out. But here's the thing with Aristarchus. Here's how church survives. He tags along with Paul through it all. Now he's in jail with Paul because of it. But there's hope. This is real life Christianity. This isn't come to Jesus and your health will soar. Or come to Jesus and your wife won't die. It's not come to Jesus and everything you want, the way you want it, you will get it. Starkey is in prison for Jesus, and he hangs in there. Do you know why he hangs in there? Committed to church in a hostile world. Because Starkey knows something, and this is what he knows. Jesus promises much suffering, but Jesus will make it better one day. And along the way, Jesus will become your best friend along the way the way. And there's nothing better than that. Starkey's friendship to the church leaders and Paul is not sold on a Disney lie. He hangs in there through sometimes what must seem like hell on earth. So anybody listening, watching at home, come to Jesus God has a wonderful plan for your life. And honestly, that is true. But honestly, it's also true that Christians are currently dying as much as non-Christians are currently dying from COVID. <clears throat> On top of that, Christians are being thrown into prison today because they love Jesus and church. But God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it involves that stuff. I've said this a few times recently. <clears throat> Social media is so rampantly anti-Christian and against things that the Bible calls good. It's so hostile and gains such a mob mentality. Um, and the things they call good and are passing as good, the Bible calls evil. I think the time is ticking for faithful Jesus-centered church members before we in the UK are going to be thrown into prison. Being a Christian can be so hard, children and adults. But here's the hope. Aristarchus willingly risked his life for, for it all. In Ephesus, there was a riot where he was almost killed. 
Here's the hope. Jesus will keep us with life everlasting. Jesus wins. Jesus reigns. And in that hell on earth that some of us might be called to, Jesus will make us more like him along the way and draw so close to us we can say, it is worth it. He is with me. And Starkey knows all that, and that's why he picks Paul up when Paul is down. Together, they fiercely, fearlessly stand for truth. I know that some of your lives are tough, but I also know this. You haven't gone under, and you keep going because Jesus has brought someone alongside you like a Starkey. People who walk into your life when others have walked out. That's the glory of church in 2020. Jesus so often will walk into your life by bringing someone who's just like him into your life and to help you in your hell on earth. Uh, in Matthew 28, Jesus makes a promise. I'll be with you to the end of the age but how does he do that? The answer is he uses church and church members. Non-Christians watching, Jesus won't walk out on you ever. And there are people in Park End Church who won't walk out on you either. So can I invite you in your loss and hopelessness or confusion or isolation, join church. There is a place where we flourish together. It's here. We display the hope of Jesus as we share our lives together. And he has a glorious role for all of us. That's Starkey. Could that be you? Jesus transforms your life to be a flourishing church member who picks people up when they're down. Next one <clears throat> Um, the clever ones watching will already have seen it. There's another name, verse 10. Um, so, Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Next name, children have got it, Mark, or some of your versions might say John Mark. He's a Jewish Christian. And what do we know about him? Homework, <clears throat> Acts chapter 12, he's from a good home. He's also the cousin of Barnabas, <clears throat> and he joined Paul on the first mission trip um, out of Israel around Europe. You read that in Acts 13. This is a corker, though, and it's so important to pay attention to this bit because it's so true of so many of us. When church life got tough, or when church planting got tough, Mark got scared, and he ran away. He ran away in Acts 13. And then, because of that, he was actually banned from going on another mission trip uh, with Paul in Acts chapter 15. And then guess what happened? Paul fell out with another church leader, Barnabas, over... Mark, should he come with us on our trips? Because he's made a few mistakes. 
So here we are, um, listeners. You've got years. And some of you are thinking, what sort of ineffective church is that? People who fall out, they can't bring the Christian hope. If it was me, I certainly can't because I'm always falling out with people. i got a really bad temper. There's no place for that in church. Jesus has probably written that church off. They can't bring the message of hope. And I'll only join Park End Church if they never ever fall out with each other. Because that's the only time that church is useful and can spread the message of hope. When we're all like Mary Poppins. There it is again. Church has to be perfect before Jesus uses church. Here's the hope in the COVID world. And let me be honest with you. In church life, sometimes Christians fall out with each other. And when I'm calling on you non-Christians listening this morning to turn to Jesus and His church and join us, I am calling you to a place where you will get hurt. And you will hurt other people. And I want Park End to have a realistic view on what a gospel church is. Because, here's the glory and here's the hope with the story of Mark. Here's the glory of the kingdom of Jesus on planet earth. In the grit, in the pain. Look at verse 10. They're back working together with each other again. It is possible. And here's the message for 2020. Because Jesus died for the church, all of our foulest crimes against the living God, which we commit on a daily basis, are forgiven. And so we forgive those who trespass against Us. Only in church does the air really get cleared between humans and God and between human and human. In difficult, humbling, nitty-gritty, ugly situations, we can face each other and forgive. And for everybody listening, that is so needed right now. Because there is so much hate in planet earth and lack of forgiveness in planet earth at the moment. We need Jesus-centered, forgiving people spread in our communities. I tell you what you need least heading into a COVID-riddled winter period with Christmas on the horizon. This is what you need least. To be at war with your church family, or your biological family, or your colleagues, or your friends, or your neighbors. I call us all now in the name of Jesus to forgive and be forgiven. People who do that are needed now more than ever. Now am I talking to you? Come out. Be open. Be forgiven. And forgive. This isn't Disney positive thoughts. This is face to face church hope. 
Then there's a cryptic message about him, which I think, you can read that again in brackets, you've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. What does that mean? I think that means there's still a bit of question mark over Mark, and people still aren't sure. But that's the glory. This forgiveness thing, it has to keep on happening over time. Perhaps over and over and over again. But we keep doing it. I got another one. Verse 11. This one's funny, but it's also not funny. Um, Verse 11. Jesus, who is also called Justice, also sends his greetings. They are the only... Sorry, these are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Uh, why is this funny? Because there's a chap, <laughs> there's a chap named after Jesus um, in the early church. And um, I just picture him. I bet he's so fed up of being mistaken for the other one. He's got another name now as well, Justice. There's your Roman name. I just picture him going, no, that's not me. I'm not that one. And no, I can't do that. I find that funny. Ricky's sort of finding it funny. His shoulders are going. That is, just give me another name. Just call me Justice. I've had it with that one. Yeah, the name Jesus after Jesus came, it's a tough one to live up to. He's been given another name. But here's the thing about him, which is so important. He's a Jew. Uh, He's of the circumcision. And he's become a Christian. And it was likely that there was a rift between anti-Jesus Jews and Christian Jews around that church at that time. Maybe even between Gentiles and believing Jews within the church itself. There's a clash. But here's what we see with justice. Paul does have Jews on his team who support the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we have those who side with Jesus and church, even though their friends turn their back on them for doing so. If you're a Jesus-centered Jew back then, you're not going home after church to too many friendly people waiting for you in your street, or your job, or even in your household. There weren't too many Jews on board with the whole Jesus is Messiah thing back then. So I've got a question for you as I'm still trying to lift up a realistic hope in 2020. Are you this person? Or do you know this person? When you leave meetings, or when this live stream shuts down, Perhaps you're hiding in a room on your own with the volume low. Because when you leave, there's hostility from supposed loved ones in your life. You are living out the promise that Jesus brings a sword into family life. And I just want to say to you, I'm sorry for you. And it is so hard. The accusations that you probably face. You've changed for the worst since joining the church. Or you think you're better than us. Or that minister brainwashes you. You need to get a real life. I'm often told I need to get a life because I'm a Christian. Usually by people who seemingly have no life at all. And mine is infinitely better since becoming a Christian. But that's by the by. Nevertheless, you probably sometimes feel this. 
It's just me having to face it all. That was justice. Like the whole 1 Kings 18 thing with Elijah, having to go against 450 God-hating prophets. It's just, I feel I'm just one on my own. Well, here's the thing with justice, and we are calling you now to come out from non-Christianity. Even this is going to be tough, even though it's going to be so tough. Here's the thing with justice. What you find with justice is, one, with God, is a majority. That's what happened with Elijah in 1 Kings 18. He was on his own, but he had God, and so he was a majority. And people like you make it into this book of Jesus. This kingdom of Jesus names people like you. You are essential to church life and for the message of hope to go out. The way you see how Jesus holds you in that environment, we need people like you to share that vision of Jesus. We love you to those Christians who are surrounded by non-Christians, we thank you for serving him here or in your local churches. You are infinitely valued by church leaders and Jesus himself. Even though your families make it tough for you, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Don't let your family be a snare to you. They do not love you as much as Jesus loves you. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Others will. He won't. Join us, and we will support you too. I was going to do one more, but I'm feeling like I've been speaking for ages. Ricky, how long has it been? I don't think we're going to do one more. It's quarter to 12. We're done. Right, let me just wrap up. Let me close with this serious, really serious point. And next week, we'll do a couple more. Jesus has a place for all of you in his kingdom. Jesus will help you repent now from lifelessness, sin, judgment, and eternal ruin. Jesus won't stop there. He will then plant you into church to flourish with your own ministry, as he'll shape you to be more like him along the way. Jesus will use you to help save the world. Jesus will stand with you in church and outside of church, at home and at work. Jesus will help you forgive and be forgiven. So I call us all in this difficult world to do what we're called to do, to be like Jesus, to lift him up and to serve him in whatever our calling currently is. And that is how Jesus marches forth in 2020. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.